0: Welcome to the Mission Driven Mom podcast. This podcast is for moms just like you, who want to learn how to glorify God through finding and embracing true principles, discovering and developing your greatest gifts, and using them to serve your family and community. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. This is Audrey Rindlisbacher, the founder of the Mission Driven Mom and author of The Mission Driven Life. I want to thank you very much for sharing out the podcast and for reviewing it and for helping us to grow our outreach in helping moms to find principles and purpose. And also, just a little plug for our upcoming MDM celebration event. It's going to be in Provo, Utah on October 19th, and we would love to see your smiling, beautiful face there. We're going to spend the whole day together hashing out principles of discernment and spending lots of time together with other awesome mission-driven moms and seeing those who have finished level one walking across stage at the event ceremony that evening. It's normally $79, but it's on sale right now. There's an early bird discount that brings it 30% all the way down to $54, and that includes your dinner. So it's a screaming deal, and we would love to have you join us. That sale is gonna end on August 31st, so make sure and sign up before then. You can find more information at the missionremom.com on the celebration page. Now last week, we talked a little bit about, uh, I told you a story about Stephen Covey in relationship to his son. His son was really struggling and Stephen Covey and his wife, started to look more honestly and clearly at the situation and they started to evaluate themselves and they got really honest and they admitted that their motivations were not what they should have been. He said, we became painfully aware of the personal, a powerful influence of our own character and motives and of our perception of him. And they were, we knew that social comparison motives were out of harmony with our deeper values. So they, didn't feel that there he said he says in our eyes this son simply didn't measure up our image of ourselves and our role as good caring parents was even deeper than our image of our son and perhaps influenced us that there was a lot more wrapped up in the way we were seeing and handling the problem and so what he's really talking about here is their motives in fact later on in the book he says when our motives are wrong nothing else when our motives are wrong nothing else can be right and so what he came to see what his wife had the and he had the courage to admit was that their intentions in dealing with their son were wrong when they talked to their son and about their son to him and to other people What they were really doing, what they really wanted to have happen, their deepest um, motivations were for him to make them look good as parents. And it took a lot of courage to face that uh, true intention that they had. What they came to see really was that their intentions in dealing with their son and trying to quote, help him were really selfish. Their intentions were largely motivated by their own self-images and how they wanted to look to other people. So I want to ask the question, I want to spend some time today with you uh, around the question of what's your intention? It's a really, really, really critical thing in life. Intentions really mean more than almost anything else in so many of our interactions and, and in life so many times. People really do have good intentions, but ignorance or um, inexperience really get in the way. And so they botch things up, but it's easier to forgive them because we recognize that their intentions were right or pure or selfless. And that's a really interesting idea to ponder that we would be willing to let go of something that perhaps was even harmful to us if we understood that the intentions were what they should have been even though um, the result did not turn out the way they intended it to. So I just want to get clear before we dive into this I've got some cool stuff to share um, around intention and then I want to dig a little deeper into how intentions and principles play a role in our lives. So Um, first we need to define it. So this is of course my favorite 1828 dictionary and around the word intent and intention, it talks about, um, mind strained, the mind strained, or it also uses the word stretching on an object. It says it's eager in pursuit of an object, anxiously diligent, And it goes on to talk about intention being the design, the purpose, or the meaning of something. And I, it's really fascinating to me that um, there's this focus on the mind being strained toward an object. And that this is really about the purpose and meaning. We talk a lot about purpose and mission at the Mission Driven Mom. And, and so in a real sense, Mission is a lot about what our intentions are, what our purposes are. Um, We had a, a student do a video testimonial recently, and one of the things that she mentioned was that she really wanted to be a great mom, and what she realized was that she wanted to be intentional. And when we talk about the concept of intentional, of course, we mean that it's been thought out beforehand, and it's been chosen on purpose, right? This going back to this word purpose, it's the design. She wanted to be an intentional mom, meaning one that was awake and one that was stretching or straining her mind toward an object, one that was eager in pursuit of an object, anxiously diligent, who, someone who knew what she wanted and then worked to get there. That's intentional parenting, right? And we want to live intentionally as mothers and in other areas of our lives. And so this idea of intention is super cool because now we've looked at kind of two aspects of it. One in our relationships with others, what an important role it plays because when we find out that someone had wrong intentions, then even if the thing they did to us was nice. So let's say for example, um, you have quite a bit of money and someone dated you and treated you really, really well. Well, if you found out that his intention was to get your money to marry you so that he could share your money, not steal it, but just enjoy it. Well, then you would be really, really angry all of his behaviors were okay everything he did was just fine he actually treated you really 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 well but it was the intention that caused you to make a judgment about how you felt about it how you felt about him how you felt about the interaction and whether or not ultimately it was right or wrong good or bad right it's really so incredible to think about how these intentions play such a central role in, in how we think about ourselves and and all of our relationships. So I want to take just a second and look at how that action and behavior concept kind of plays into it. So when we look at those two words, action or behavior, it's important to think about how behavior is usually something that's externally driven. It's reactive. It's part of the environment and the environment has to be changed in order for the behavior to change. But action is internally driven; it's proactive, and by very definition, it assumes there's intention. Because when we talk about people acting in the world, or we're taking actions, that's such a different beha- That's such a different idea than I'm behaving in the world. I'm acting in the world is so much more affirmative, positive, um, affirming. And it assumes intent. It assumes I know what I want and I'm straining my mind at an object that I have taken an action in order to bring about a certain result because I'm an agent and I'm a creator. So that's really super cool. So now when you look at this deeper, actions, I think this is so cool because we talk about, um, we talk about making decisions, right? And we talk about, doing things or not doing things. And, and this especially plays an important role in our parenting because actions are either right or wrong. Now that's really important to think about because so often I, I, I experience this, you know, I think, oh, it's so hard to make this decision. And there's so many things that I could do. And so often in life, there isn't necessarily the, the, the right action for me to take as the action that I need to take is the right action. And that right action would be right for two reasons. It would be right morally, and it would be right because it would be in line with my intention. So that's how I can make my decision about how I should act in the world. And and, and so the corollary to that is that I can't really take right actions unless I know what my intentions are first. Otherwise, I'm just behaving, right? So your children... They behave, they misbehave. And we talk about their quote behavior all the time. And yet really, what would be better to talk about with ourselves and with them is actions. Because actions are proactive. They assume an attention, they're built around a moral framework and they're aimed at something. They're purposeful and meaningful. And that makes them right or wrong. Because they're either moral and intentional, or they're immoral and or unintentional. So you could do something that was morally fine, but it's actually the wrong action because it doesn't match your true intentions. It doesn't match your greater meaning and purpose. So now goodness, this is really fascinating. And some of this comes from Flinders. I'm going to quote him in a minute from, from this book I have, which is, which is great. But he talks about how then goodness is actually a description of your nature or your character. So you're good or bad in your character. And you can fashion your character, it's really about your disposition. And you can either because because action, because disposition is built over time, you have a good disposition, a good character, That character is built in two ways. It's built through right action, and it's built through right intention. So you can build character by taking actions that help feed a more positive intention, or you can work on intention, which helps feed better right actions and right thoughts. So you can come at it from either direction, but in order to have a good character, an honorable, noble character, there has to be a long series of right actions. And those actions assume, if they're the right actions, they assume a right intent. And so this is how you nurture your children. and 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 uh, this is just a, a kind of tiny bit that I've kind of taken out of and combined with some other concepts, but but some of this content is covered in our principles of motherhood in the academy in level two. And this is kind of some of the framework that we work around, but anyway, and so there's more, what I'm, I'm saying that because there's a whole chart, and this is just a small part of this chart that helps us understand childhood development and things that, that's in level two, But but the result of this is that There's a certain best way to teach your children in order to help them build a noble character. And because the two pieces to that are right actions and right intentions, Flinders recommends that in the younger years before abstract thinking kicks in in puberty, when, quote, behavior or actions in the world are far easier for children to understand and to, to gauge for themselves and and, and for them to um, act on, you focus on right actions. So they have these authority figures, at first it's their parents and it, then it's the rules and you teach them what's right and wrong and you encourage them to continue to act in accordance with with morality because those right actions are around the right moral code which they need to learn And the right intentions. And so then when they get into puberty and they can think abstractly and they can begin to understand intention, then you build upon the foundation that you've laid and you continue to extend a deeper understanding of morality as looking closer at the proper intentions. Because at that point, as they get closer, you know, further along in their their youth years, they have a better and better understanding and a more and more maturity in order to show true empathy, to put themselves in someone else's place and to try to imagine how they would feel if they were in that person's shoes and then to look at the intentions of that individual and to make better, better judgments about who they're going to spend time with. And Of course, this all plays into all the discernment stuff we're going to do at the event, but that framework has been so helpful for me. So in their youth years, and I talked about this in a previous podcast in talking about Flinders, what they what they need to understand, the authority in their youth years is the principles. They want to understand those eternal truths they can build their lives around. So you've been teaching them these right actions and these fundamental moral ideas. And in their youth years, you start to teach them about intention tied into right thoughts as abstract concepts that, that tie back to the morality and the right um, actions that you taught them when they were younger. And it's just, it bears these incredible fruits where there's this framework of conversation in your home and everybody begins, you know, as they grow older, they, they understand that. So I've talked a lot in the past about building a culture in your home and a language in your home around natural law and principles, it's so critical. And so when it comes time to really start finding those principles for themselves and trying to apply them in their life as their life outside the home expands, then they have a framework and they really can begin to identify those principles and tie it into intention. So let's get a little bit deeper with this. First, I want to read you, um, I want to read this to you from Flinders. He says, right actions do lead to good thinking and thinking good does sponsor right actions, just as improper thoughts can produce undes- undesirable acts. So if we use the principle of maturation that, we've t- that that I've just talked to you just a little bit about, then the rule would be this. This is the principle, encouraging and emphasizing right actions among children Birth to puberty is the most productive while encouraging and emphasizing good thoughts and intentions is the most appropriate and productive approach for, um, for youth and adults, puberty into adulthood. And, uh, he goes on to say that action is understood from the agent's point of view. Viewing others' actions means that we comprehend their intentions as well as their behavior. It means that we must put ourselves in their shoes. Like I was saying before and empathize and using our capacity to participate in another's feelings and ideas, we understand people as they are rather than they as they appear to be from their behavior. And he says, in order to do this, we have to tune into the spiritual dimension of understanding principles and moral laws. So it's just a super, super cool idea. And of course, this is where the self-education and, and the family culture of, of, of engaging in classics where those moral laws can be found and understood and where you can get into the hearts and minds of the characters in a way that you can't do with people in real life. And then you can pull those intentions from the readings. And what you find is that even characters that have bad behaviors, but have pure intentions, um, we really become, we really like them right and and we connect with them someone that comes to mind is Mr. Rochester from Jane Eyre because even though he has all this bad behavior i mean he's kind of an immoral guy he's done some pretty bad stuff but he loves jane with his whole soul with all the right intentions and all the right things that he wants for her and it's very very endearing because his intentions have been you know his intentions he he could have had his wife killed, he could have had her put in an insane asylum. Instead, he's doing the best he can to care for her in the attic, but the weight of it and the, the pain of it has been too great for him to bear. And so as you look deeper at Mr. Rochester's intentions and the way that he's taken care of his life and tried to bear his burden and the way that he loves Jane with a pure heart, causes him to be a really endearing character, even though he doesn't always have the right actions and he behaves rather than acting and that's what we find when we meet him right he's he's been behaving in the world he's just been really outward directed he's just been uh reacting to the circumstances that he's in with this bad behavior but his heart is right and and that becomes clear through the through the course of the book and so it's makes him a good person it makes him um it causes us to call him a good person, even though he has some immoral behaviors. And that's something that older youth need to come to learn to understand. Even as adults, we need to think about it and talk about it more so that we can extend the kind of empathy and proper love with people by affirming their, their intentions. And you'll often hear people defend Bad behavior with pure intentions. Now, sometimes they're not really telling the truth. Sometimes that's just a lot of self-deception that's going on. But sometimes it really is the case that they really did mean well, and they really do, do feel horrible about how things turned out. So now comes the the big question. Well, then, if that's the case, if that's what intention is, and that's how it's wrapped up in our actions and behavior and everything, then can you live principles with the wrong intention? Because At the mission-driven mom, we're trying to live true principles, right? We're trying to build principle-centered homes um, around proper purposes. So it's important to explore this. Now, the short answer is absolutely. A principle is a principle and it will it will bring results. So here are some examples. You could definitely live principles with the wrong intention. Here's some examples uh in health. Okay? Let's say you exercise and you eat really healthy and you take care of your body, but the intention is the only reason you're doing it is so that you'll look you look really good or you'll get some kind of modeling job or somebody will love you for how you look or you'll get more dates or whatever the case might be. So, you'll get the results from the principles. They yield results. They're hard immutable laws. But here's here's the rub. When you live pr- principles with the wrong intention, it always damages your character. And I'm going to give you a couple more examples, but it's worth pondering and I'd love to discuss it more in the Facebook group over the next week because um, as I've thought about this and really pondered this, it's it's been really eye-opening for me to look deeper at the fact that when you do things, even the right thing, the right action, maybe it's the right moral action, but you do it with the wrong intention. It cannot work to your ultimate good. It cannot build your character. If you're going to have a great character and, and you and I need a great character just as much as our children, and it's a lifelong pursuit, so we can't let up now, then we're going to have to take the right actions morally, ethically around principles and we're going to have to do it with the right intentions. Here's why. Let's say you do live those health principles, but you're doing it so that someone will love you. Well, then you're just going to become really centered around that person and your life is going to fall apart when they don't love you. Or you're going to, it's going to be all about your looks and you'll just become really super prideful and try to show off all the time. You'll boast, you'll compare yourself to others. The wrong intention will erode your character in other ways. Here's another example. Let's say you live business principles and I know some first-hand accounts of individuals who have lived business principles for a long, long time and they have solid results. Like they have a lot of money, they have a productive business, but you know what the intention was? The intention was to get rich. And... That meant that if the true core intention—and remember, intention is—we'll say it again—it's the stretching or straining of the mind to an object, not objects. An object, eager in pursuit of that object, anxiously diligent. Purpose—that's your purpose and your meaning—is to get rich. Well, then you're going to put you're going to put money before people. And now you might become a miser, you might just become a Scrooge that hoards all his money and never gives it away to anybody. Certainly not a good character. Or maybe you'll give it away recklessly. Maybe you want to show it off. So you give to a lot of charities and put your name on a lot of things, but it's all about you and you think about you and how great you look. Or you spend so recklessly that you don't have any money left to even care for yourself. And then you wind up broke. Whatever it is, That pursuit of living business principles did not ultimately build your character because you tried to live principles with the wrong intention. Now I know somebody out there is going to say, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to get rich. Okay. Um, Money is neutral. That's where the real intention comes in. Money for what? Money is neutral. It's just a thing why do you want that thing and what you're going to find is that ultimately virtually every and i haven't thought this through enough to its to its end i would have to ponder it more and discuss it more but as far as i can see your intention can ultimately be about you getting what you want or about servicing someone else and now i don't want to confuse this with you need to meet your needs. Your intention should be to care for yourself and love yourself as much as anyone else, but love yourself. Why? Because you're worthy of it because you're a child of God so that you can be of service to him. Right? And so your ultimate intention really does start, you know, really is ultimately about being of greater service about someone other than you. And And so what is it that you want the money for? What is it that you want the health for? What is it that you want the family for? What's the real intention? Because we can do this whole thing in the MDM Academy and we can dig in and we can do level one and love ourselves and God and we can do level two and find those principles and live them and put our house in order. But if the intention is not right, we're gonna find that it didn't really turn out the way that we hoped in the end anyway because we were trying to get something out of those principles that we wanted rather than trying to build a solid character through living those principles and becoming the very best that we could be. Now as far as I can tell you're the only one that really knows your intention and honestly sometimes you don't even know like so I've had experiences in my life where I I wasn't intentional. Like I didn't outline my intention before I dove in. I I didn't really think about it. I was just behaving in the world. And that's what we're doing. If we don't have intention and morals, we are not acting. We are not agents. We are not free. We are behaving. We're just bouncing around in the world, reacting to the things that are going on around us instead of, Stepping out as a creator and deciding what we're going to stretch our mind. What object are we going to stretch our mind to? And then doing that day in and day out. And knowing that the principles are then the guideposts. Right? They're going to get us there. And the intention is going to build a noble character. It reminds me of a time when um, (laughs) I had some bad relationships And I hated that I had these bad relationships. And I complained about the fact that I had these bad relationships. And it was when I really came into contact with some of these ideas. And I started to really see how, and it partly ties back to this Covey idea about character versus um, personality ethic. Because what we're talking about is building character. What we're talking about is being the most noble human being we can be, which means that we have to do the right actions for the right reason. And the right reason ultimately counts more than the right action, because sometimes we don't have all the knowledge we need to make the right action. And so we need to have that moral framework and we need to have the right intentions. And then we need to have the information and the knowledge, right? So I'm in these bad relationships and I... I, I'm so blinded to what I'm doing. And, and I can say that, honestly, I didn't really get it. But if I would have been honest, if I would have had the tools that I had now, I would have been able to sit with myself and say, okay, well, I do a lot of blaming and don't take a whole lot of responsibility in these relationships. And I am not intentional in how I'm acting toward these people. I'm just behaving like... We show up and I don't like what's going on. So I just behave and I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) This is really so sad. I'm so proud of myself because I behave the right way. I have all of the personality ethics in the bag. Like I'm polite and I ask them about their lives and I say all the right things. But deep down in my heart, my intention is not to love them. My intention is not to get to know them. My intention is to be proud of myself for my good behavior, to be proud of myself that I'm so much better at engaging a conversation and I'm so much better and and better than them, right? Like I would gossip about them and I would say that they were engaging in bad behavior and they knew better and blah 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 (laughs) all the time. All the time. I'm in this horrible behavior myself. And I'm just reacting, and my intentions are totally selfish. I just want to I just want to stroke my own ego. I don't really want to serve them. I don't really want to get to know them and be close to them. It's just like, whatever's going to make me feel morally superior. Isn't that shameful? I just, oh, that's just so sad. And it took some time for me to see clearly that I was creating this situation. And it was having a detrimental effect on my character. Didn't help. Wasn't doing any good in the relationships either. And so this is something, you know, I've presented some ideas today. I don't necessarily have all the answers. It's, I'm kind of on the path to explore and discover more. I would love to hear your thoughts and ideas on this in the mastermind group. But I I have enough information for it to have had a really profound impact on myself in my life. And I think it's very worth pondering. And ultimately, you're the only one you're the only one that can have the courage to have the kind of self-honesty that Stephen Covey had to really sit with yourself and say, why am I doing this? Why is this situation, you know, not the way I like it? Or why am I living these principles? Do I even know that? Do I know what my intentions are? Do I know what object I'm aiming at? Am I being honest about the object that I'm aiming at? And is it a worthy ideal? I love, um, I love, uh, what's his name? Earl Nightingale's definition of success. He says it's the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And that's what we're talking about here. We have that ideal all mapped out and we're progressively realizing that through, through principles, which is so awesome. So one last time I'll, I'll leave you with Stephen Covey. When our motives and intentions are wrong, nothing else can be right. Right. Thank you so much for joining me. If you have not gotten your free copy of The Mission Driven Life, please head over to the missiondrivenmom.com and grab your copy of that book. It tells the incredible story of the Ten Boom family as they live those seven laws of life mission and shows us the pathway to becoming a little bit like them. Thanks so much for joining me and I will see you next time.